My name is George Dawes Green, and my book is The Kingdoms of Savannah. The Kingdoms of Savannah is a mystery story about an imperious old widow who lives in a great big Savannah mansion. And when her husband dies, he leaves her a detective agency. So she inveigles the members of her family, her adult children and grandchildren, into helping her. Even though they all pretty much despise her, they're also in awe of her. So George, what is it about Savannah? Why is it <laughs> that it just ensnares writers? Well, it's a fascinating place. And it's, first of all, it's gorgeous. It's, I think it's the most beautiful city in the United States. It's all, all those live oak trees and the Spanish moss and the vines and the vine flowers and the fragrances and the gorgeous buildings with their towers and their turrets and the mystery and Beyond that, it's, it's always had a big streak of evil. What's your deal with ghost stories? Because in the first chapter of the book, the characters are deriving the, the ghost stories and they are great stories, but they're not necessarily true. Yeah, I mean, Savannah has been permeated with this spiritualism for, I mean, at least since the Victorian era, we would often have seances. They were called tip table seances. Do you know, have you I ever don't. seen this? Mm -hmm. Well, what you do is you'd take a little three-legged table, and then everybody would sit around in a circle and join pinkies. And then after a, a pause, my mother would say, is there a spirit present in this room? I if so, please wrap once for yes. And so after a little while, the table would sort of magically wrap. And who knows why it did that? Um, maybe somebody was guiding us. Right. But then mother would call, would, would call out for some kind of message to be delivered from beyond the grave. And usually we had the sense that it was Big Inez, my, my great-grandmother. Who was, who was telling us something, but the messages take a long time. Yeah. Because well, you, have to, you have to go through the alphabet. A, B, <laughs> C, and then finally, finally you get to W and it wraps. And then <laughs> you're like, all and then, right. And then all <laughs> the way back to the beginning. So I'd be sitting there, and it was very hot I in this room. Right. And then, Finally, a message would emerge which never particularly made any sense to me. I remember one time the message was, wrong direction. And I didn't know what that meant, but there was always that kind of genteel spiritualism. And then over the years, these, the ghost tours have moved in. Everybody knew, I mean, you know, there's all the Spanish moss and the old houses and the, and the graveyards everywhere, and now, principal industry of Savannah is death. You know, ghost tours have become this enormous industry and they are rather, they're not like my grandmother's ghost stories. It's sort of like now they're like Gone with the Wind meets Quentin Tarantino. 
very brutal and violent stories that just, I, I don't know why there's such a hunger for them, but yeah. yeah. I have to tell you though, for a book about murder, I sure did laugh a lot. <laughs> That's great. Is that kind of like a salve almost when you're cutting characters to a bone that you, that you have to inject some humor? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't like anything that isn't funny. I, just all the things that I really love, all the art that I really love is also really funny. I can't even, can't even conceive of making something. I just want to be funny. And I, I also want to be horrific. I know that I'm writing, you know, a thriller. I want it to be thrilling and I want it to be historically intriguing, but I'm just so glad that you said that it's funny. So the kingdoms of Savannah, is that a concept that's real in the city? Savannah has these neighborhoods or realms. And you know, Savannah is a pretty small city. You know, it's a couple hundred thousand people. And so for such a small city to have so many different areas and neighborhoods all sort of jam-packed, you know, there's extremely wealthy old money neighborhoods, and then there are there are several old uh, black neighborhoods. There are the gay neighborhoods. And so, you know, you've got all these different kind of neighborhoods and they've all somehow worked out how to live together. And so I like to think of it as a um, aggregation of little kingdoms. I've never been to another city in the world that has as many odd little kingdoms as Savannah does that's so small. Because it's so small, so compact. Right, and so we just think of it as, oh, this is just a little town. You know, and it has some little town politics. But then it's got all these worlds. I think it's important to talk about the moth. Why, what is it and why do you do it? Well, as you know, the moth is a storytelling platform that I started 25 years ago. And we just bring together great stories. People tell personal, true stories. People said, we gotta keep doing this. Let's just do it. And then we started going out to bars and doing it. And then we started a podcast and we started to, start to do other moths in other cities all around the country. And it grew and grew. And now the moth is all over the world and um, really, there's all, in every major capital of the world, there's either a moth or a moth clone um, of folks telling stories. We're on 600 radio stations in the United States, and we're all over um, uh, England and India and Africa. And also the podcast is, um, looks like it's going to hit 200 million downloads this year. So it's, a, it's become this kind of big institution. What would you say its purpose is? And its purpose is really just to, um, to foster the, the, the art of the raconteur. I, I just remember when I was a kid, when my dad's friends would come by and they'd stay up all night telling stories. And they just told these great stories and I, I don't know when it came, I remember couple of TV shows that I saw. Dick Cavett used to have some great raconteurs who would come in. And, and, you know, it's kind of a long story of how it occurred to me that 
it would be fabulous to have a night of just people telling stories in that sort of casual mm -hmm. way, right. not scripted, right. just the sort of stories that you might tell around a campfire. And it's interesting, when we tried it, um, it immediately took off. Like everybody thought, oh, that's, this is something that we should have. The art of the raconteur is a, a genuine art. And then, you know, it spread around, around the globe. And it was, it's always been really fascinating to me that had, that had really never been done before. Right. In other words, people would tell stories. There are lots of great, there are storytelling conventions, but that's a different kind of story. That's not yes. just the sort of personal stories. And why nobody had ever thought of putting um, those on a stage? Oh, it was perfect for radio. The first time we went to radio was in 1998. Okay. And we said, hey, we think our show would be a perfect radio show. And all the radio people said, no, it just doesn't work. You know, it's just not going to work because radio is very cool. And this is you're doing it from an audience. And you know, it's just not going to have that that uh, whatever, that radio feel. And that went on year after year. We kept going back to the radio stations and saying, hey, sure, you don't you really want to try it? You don't want to try it? And then finally, um, Jay Allison, a great producer, um, came to us and said, we're going to go with this. And of course, now it's Now this, with podcasts, it's, it's now this like, huge this phenomenon. is the way it is. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask an author is, what's the book that changed your life? Good Lord, there are so many, of course. We all have them. But if I had to choose one right now, I might choose a book by Sylvia Townsend Warner called Kingdoms of Elfin. And it's interesting because people say, oh, did, is that where you get the kingdoms of Savannah? And in some way, I'm sure, my love for Sylvia Townsend Warner, she was, she was uh, a British author uh, in the uh, 20th century, the most prolific New Yorker writer of short stories. She wrote over 100 New Yorker short stories. Um, when she was in her 20s, she wrote a book about a witch. And it became a big hit called Lolly Willows. And then she became this incredibly fabulous writer. Um, also, back in the 1930s, she was completely open about being uh, in a lesbian relationship, um, which just wasn't done in the 30s. In her 80s, she wrote another book um, that was sort of fantastical. It's a book about elves. But they act just like human beings. And the richness of these little kingdoms, um, I've never read a book that had a more powerful effect on me, just in terms of, of her style and, and her nuanced view of human power politics. So I would say to everybody, just read Sylvia Townsend Warner. She's, um, she has been somewhat uh, undiscovered. She's kind of fell into, um, into obscurity uh, for a little while. But now I think she's beginning to roar back. I think people are beginning to realize that there has never been a greater writer. This is why I asked that question, because then I can <laughs> steal that, and I can read it, and I can enjoy it myself. I could interview you for all day. I, I love this interview and sure, let's do it. Let's do it for another eight Let's just do it hours. for another <laughs> half hour to go. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. And thank you for watching A Word on Words. I'm Jeremy Findlay. Remember, keep reading. <laughs>